WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA. I'm Dan Grote. And I'm Matt Laswitz. And this week we have the writer artist of the one shot Hydra and the upcoming OGN Planet Paradise, both from Image Comics, Jesse Lonergan. Welcome aboard, Jesse. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, so we'll start with the, with the usual icebreaker. Uh, you know, what, what comics do you remember reading when you first got into the medium? Um, uh, the first comics I remember like reading as like a, a little kid uh, were like Asterix. Okay. Um, I grew up like uh, overseas. And so like, you know, European comics, um, mm-hmm. I saw a little bit more. And so Asterix was like, probably the first comic that like I read and read and, and read, <laughs> you know, the way like kids get, oh, yeah. you know, they just like lock on. Um, and then, then I feel like, like in high school is sort of when I discovered like the comic book shop, mm-hmm. uh, which I feel like everybody needs to, to find the comic book shop. Like, uh, cause you know, you don't see comic books anywhere else. Uh, and I think it was like the image stuff. So like Spawn mm-hmm. and Savage Dragon that got me like, going regularly and stuff um yeah and those were the those are the first ones sort of like hook me into comics mm-hmm. you, you kind of touched on it there but you've lived in saudi arabia and turkmenistan what yeah. was it like in a comic book scene there finding comics um well i mean saudi arabia like i i grew up there until i was five um but you know that's that's pretty young um and like i think i don't know that there were i don't know where that copy of asterix that i read and reread again came from um but like when i lived in saudi arabia it was very much like in a compound sort of situation so like um i don't know and i was very young in turkmenistan there was no no comics at all uh it just just wasn't a thing um so uh i kind of went without comics for a couple of years where, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, where were you when you, you know, discovered all the, you know, the image stuff, Spawn and... and um, so I, I grew up mostly, I grew up in Saudi Arabia when I was very young and then uh, in Vermont. Um, and so like the first comic shop I went to was in Barrie, Vermont. It was a place called Comics Outpost. I think it's gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this was at a time like sort of like before Google Maps and GPS where you had to like have somebody tell you where it was mm-hmm. um and i don't know you guys are from new jersey yeah 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 mm-hmm. you know and I, I know i know new jersey gets a little rural um but, but vermont gets like really rural and i sure. grew up in like a super small town of like a thousand people uh so like it was like a 30 mile drive to the comic book shop and like figuring out where it was <laughs> um, so um but yeah so that's where i sort of got into to comics and like you know, what I could find uh, at these like little stores. So just weird question and you might look at me strangely for asking, but since you said Vermont, were you all familiar with Rutland and the, the whole comic book thing that was Rutland, Vermont? Um, I'm familiar with Rutland. Uh, I don't know what, what's the comic book thing that is Rutland, Vermont. Okay. Uh, In the seventies, both well apparently rutland used to have a big halloween parade every year Uh and the various writers at both marvel and writers and artists at marvel and dc were friends with the grand marshal of the 
parade. And so the Rutland, Vermont Halloween parade wound up appearing in both Marvel and DC books at the same time and became this sort of weird unofficial crossover. Huh. That's, and I, I did not know about that. I, I do find that very funny because Rutland is, Rutland is a very, you know, I guess in Vermont it's a big town, but anywhere else it would be a very small town. Um, no, the only like comic book stuff like coming from Vermont, Steve Bissett was, um, you know, something that like uh, my comic book shop guy always talked about. And I think Frank Miller is from Vermont as well. Um, but like, left when he was like 18 and went to New York. And mm -hmm. I don't know if he considers himself a Vermonter at all um, anymore. I, li I like that Rutland, Vermont is like Stephen King's Maine. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so let's let's uh, talk about uh, Hydra, which is the one-shot uh, comic that you put out through Image this summer. Uh, it's this great wordless story about a, a space explorer looking for signs of life and help for a nuclear ravaged Earth. Um, what's the you know what is the origin story for this this book? Because it existed you know well before it came to Image, uh, correct? Yeah, yeah, I had uh, I'd self-published it. Um, I did. Did like a large, a larger format, a newsprint edition um, that I that I sort of printed and distributed on my own, not very well. Uh, and uh, I think sort of like the the creative creative genesis sort of was like I'd done I'd, I'd done a lot like a number of comics, but they were sort of more like in the indie vein of like kind of like down to earth like realistic sort of stories um and i just had gotten to the point where i sort of felt like very like constricted um by like i don't know when you're making a realistic story there's i feel there's like a lot of like limits and sort of like or i was putting a lot of limits on myself and sort of like with hedra it was just like and like go all out um, and just sort of do whatever I want and not really care um, about what other people will think of it. Um, so uh, it's sort of like, yeah, sort of this response to the way I had been drawing. Um, when you were when you were shopping it around, you know, be it at shows or, or however, you know, how were people reacting, you know, to it, uh, you know, because you're working with this this you know non-traditional you know, you're, you're on newsprint, you've got this oversized, uh, you know, format and everything. Um. Um, I mean, when I, when I, the, the response that shows was almost always like really positive, um, especially from like fans. Um, like, I, I feel like Hydra has sort of taught me a lot. <laughs> um, like there are things that, that Hydra does well that I don't think that I, I can see now and I would be great if I was like, oh yeah, I know what to do. And so I did this and it worked out. Um, but like, it, it really signals what it is to people. Like, and so if, if you're gonna be interested in it, I think you will know that by just by looking at like the cover or the first page, you'll be like, this is a comic I'm interested in. And, and if you're not gonna be interested in it, you will also know that right away <laughs> and, and sort of like it, it, it has like, I, I think it is sort of mysterious and like, what is this? But there's not much mystery in terms of like, am I going to like this? Um, 
you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and so I feel like that was sort of something that I sort of realized at the, at the show that like the packaging of it and stuff made it very clear what it was. Yeah, and people, fans really responded to it well. Um, I didn't actually shop it to too many publishers. Um, I shopped it to a few and got rejections. Um, and then Eric Stevenson at Image contacted me. Um, I didn't submit to them mm-hmm. uh, about doing like a mass market version of it. Um, yeah, so it seems like it was pretty positive. Um, yeah. Sure. Um, was the newsprint originally a product of it being more affordable to print on, or was it because it would be easier to print, you know, oversized because you're working with, you know, broadsheets or, or however the printers got it set up? Um, it, it was, it was a practical element of like, I wanted, you know, when you're doing it on your own, like you've got a much more limited budget and sort sure. of what you can afford. Um, and it, I feel like it does benefit from being big. Um, and I also wanted it to be in color and with like newsprint, it was sort of like, well, it's, it's going to, uh, I went through this like, uh, newsprint printer who does like a lot of the free weeklies in new England, Sure. like like all the free weeklies in Boston, free weeklies in like Portland, Maine and stuff. And so they do like newspaper printing of like tens of thousands. And I was like, yeah, can I? can I get a thousand? And they were like, oh, that's so few. That's like, we press the button and then we turn the button off. Like, uh, you know, and like, I, I could have done like 5,000 or something for not a lot more. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was just sort of like, it felt like the most practical way to do it. Um, you know, the cost per unit was good. Um, and and also like with the, the story and like the way Hedra works, it felt like, it as a medium, like the, the newsprint kind of reflected kind of this, like it's, there's a lot of experimental elements in Hedra, but there's also this very like old school, um, a lot of nostalgia in it for like sort of things like Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers and this kind of like, you know, kind of a simple story in a way, but like with this sort of like weird telling. Mm -hmm. Um, So it felt like newsprint sort of like creatively also worked well. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the worst, I just end up stuck with a ton of newspaper. <laughs> uh, so, um, Not unlike many people's garages, but, uh, <laughs> uh well, I actually ended up, I, I moved last year and I was like, oh, I have to carry all these boxes. <laughs> uh, oh man. Did, did you get to watch the presses roll at all? Newsprint presses are fun. <laughs> no, no, it was, um, I was living uh, just outside of Boston at the time, and it was up in New Hampshire. Okay. And like, I think I sent them the files like on Monday morning mm-hmm. at like eight thirty in the morning, and they like called me at like ten, being like, "It's done." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was like, "Oh wow!" Uh, just like drove up and, and picked them up. Uh, but yeah, they were just like, it was it was nothing <laughs> for them. Uh, um. Were there other books that you looked at as inspirations in terms of, of, you know, printing size, dimensions, anything like that? You know, I was kind of reminded of DC's uh, Wednesday comics, which Matt's written pretty extensively about, but, you know, that, that sort of big right, yeah. fold-out kind of format. Yeah, um, I was definitely aware of, of Wednesday comics. I really liked Wednesday comics. Like, um, it's just like, 
it was so much fun. I, I felt like, I mean, I, I feel like people, I don't know, have lots of like complaints like, oh, it's floppy, it's newsprint, it doesn't, it, it gets all folded up if you're going to put it in your long box or whatever. But it's like opening them up and like laying them out like on the floor mm -hmm. uh, because they're so big, uh, I really liked. Um, and so I, I, I was aware of that. Um, what's his name? James Harvey, Harvey James. Uh, did a book with an image called Masterplasty that was really oversized mm -hmm. um, that I liked a lot. Um, and I feel like in, in indie comics, there had been um, a number of sort of newspaper comics as well that I had seen. So it wasn't like totally like, wasn't like I sought this up. To, um, it was like I, I'd seen other large things. Um, and I always kind of liked the oversized books. Mm -hmm. You know, like like the the big artist editions, I always sure. enjoy looking at. And um, Chris Ware, who's also like a, a like, you know, in terms of like the way the story is told, is a big influence. Like he does, like he used to do, I guess, like the big books um, mm -hmm. that were really oversized. And so I like those as well. Um, I don't know, and, and maybe also part of me like also just likes the idea of it. It kind of like insists on itself if it's really big. Uh, you know, yeah. it's like it's like this is bigger than other comics. Uh, like you should look at this because it bigger. must be more important. <laughs> it, it must be more important. Like uh, uh, I like that idea as well. Silent comics, and I put the silent in quotes because in yeah. loud scare quotes. <laughs> yeah, because all comics are theoretically silent unless they're those online motion comic things um but they're they're fascinating because it removes one of the tools that are in the creator's toolkit the the words and the balloons and makes the narrative rest purely on the art um right. what made you decide that this would be a wordless comic um it it wasn't so much of a conscious decision um I mean, I, I, Hydra wasn't really created in a way I think I will ever create a comic again. And it, it really, like, it started with me just sort of, like, playing around with these visual ideas and, like, um, doing this sort of dense paneling and sort of breaking up the way, like, motion is shown and things like that. And, like, it's, I started it in the middle. Like, I think page 14 is actually the first page I drew. <laughs> um, hmm. Like it sort of sort of went from there and it, it just kept getting like bigger and bigger and it got to like 20 pages with no words. And I was like, okay, I guess, I guess there are no words. Um, <laughs> and so I decided not to have words. Um, but I think also with, with the way like the, the narrative was being told and like the ideas, it, it just really felt like words weren't really necessary to, to get the ideas across. Um, like I, I do find I'm not saying like words are bad or anything because there's like certainly like if you're trying to express some sort of like I don't know historical point you need words you know like you know like if you're getting into those details but with but with Hydra it felt like it was more like this kind of like mythic sort of story and it felt like it could go without words um so, so you, there wasn't that point where you sort of had dialogue in mind from the scenes and sort of backed it out. It was never there. Um, 
Yeah, no, there was never, never any, like, there was no cutting of words. Um, like it, it, yeah, there was never a point. There was like um, one of the sections, which is sort of the sections with the meeting of the gods. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that would have been the only section where words might have been useful. Um, I mainly know this because I recently went through the pages and there are a lot of edited and cut pages from that section. Like I, I drew it and redrew it and redrew it. And I, I think at that point it might have been, I thought that there might be words, but I don't know, at some point, like a, after a certain point, I feel like a book makes rules for itself, you know? And like, like it's like, no, the, the rules are no words now. Like, I mean, you're like 40 pages in, like if, if you have like a word now, you're, you're cheating. Um, and like, it's okay to cheat, but I, I don't think I could I, come up with words that were like, deserving enough uh, of cheating um you know i feel like and so i felt like it would be better if it were if it were wordless mm -hmm. um and so yeah just no words um i was tempted not to have a title for a little while but um <laughs> I, I, hard to to have a title. <laughs> yeah like uh, i just i just wanted to be a blank no words anywhere um yeah, I want the title. Much better answer than yeah. I just really hate lettering. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I do struggle with lettering. Um, like, like lettering is is something like I fight with um, because, like, I feel like with the way I draw, like, I really prefer hand lettering. Um, you know, I, I find. You know, some some computer lettering is great, but a lot of times for me, like I'll look at it, and I'll be like, "Ugh, this lettering is really fighting with this art," um, or it just feels like sort of like pasted on top. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I really like hand lettering, but then I also don't really like the way I letter. Um, but I think I'm getting better about it. I'm getting, I'm I'm able to take more pleasure in lettering than I used to. Um, uh. Well, I mean, I will say that I do like a comic that is the strong silent type. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, it's definitely something like it's like a talking point as well. Like that mm -hmm. people like talk about it because it doesn't have any words. Um, and I think if it if it had words, that might take away from that effect mm -hmm. um, that it seems to have. Um, what what came first, and maybe it's a chicken or the egg thing, but uh, you know. The, the, the story, the general plot, or the structure, because, you know, and we're going to get deeper into this, but this is a, a comic that pays very close attention to, to colors, to, to shapes, to, you know, grid structure. Um, so, yeah, was it, was it the story that you wanted to tell first or, the, or kind of the way you wanted to structure it, I guess? Uh, it, was, it was the way I wanted to structure it. Like, it, it really, like, came visually first and sort of like this sort of like design and this like like way of telling a story and kind of like playing with like these different ways that a page could be put together and then and then sort of the story like came in to to fill in uh and like become this complete thing so i feel like i started just sort of, sort of drawing like a spaceship um and then like 
the I feel like they sort of went hand in hand um, for me. And like for me, like if I'm if I'm doing just my own thing, I, I kind of need to do visuals and story together. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I have a very hard time scripting for myself. Um, and so I generally the drawing is sort of always like the driving force. Um, I would have to imagine the the conceiving of the layouts must have been wild. I mean, how do you sit back and think about these huge panes with the multiple tiny panels and the, the uh-huh. thing? I mean, it's not like there's, you know, templates and understanding comics for this. You know, splash page, check. Nine <laughs> panel grid, check. Giant newspaper sized page with irregular border panels, check. Yeah. Um, I mean, it. It's, I guess the, the way I would work on a page would be, I'd, I'd start with pretty small, maybe like two by three inches. And like, just like, I, I've gotten very good at drawing that grid very quickly, very small and sort of like drawing and redrawing these like different ideas, um, you know, and, and sort of thinking about like maybe breaking breaking down some idea into a sequence of images and then be like, well, how could I mix these images up? Um, sometimes just some of the pages, like I know that there are a lot of pages, but they're, they're really splash pages. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like there's like, there's 35 panels, but, but really it's, it's one image. Um, and then there are ones where I feel it's 35 panels and it's one image, but then there's also all this other little stuff, um, in there mm-hmm. as well. Um, and sort of like this kind of, I don't know, just like going through different iterations um, on paper and, you know, filling up like sort of sketchbooks with like sequences and ideas. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's any real template for it. <laughs> um, uh, I like to think of it as sort of like, uh, like making puzzle pieces, but you don't really know what the puzzle is yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, how, how did you get to, to 35? Uh, you know, just thinking about it. You know, obviously, traditionally, you know, nine panel grids, you know, we know that it's there to kind of slow the pace of a story, you know, because you're looking at each panel and you're submitting to the timing that that grid creates. Um, You know, you could make the argument that the 35 panel grid does so fourfold, uh, roughly, uh, you know, which which makes a a 56 page uh, one shot, even a wordless one read like a graphic novella, you know, did you play with, you know, well, let me try this with 16. Let me try this with, you know, 24, uh, like, you know, what, um, what made 35 the magic number? Uh, I mean, it, that part of it's just sort of like a logistic thing of like uh, drawing on 11 by 17 paper mm-hmm. um, and wanting to get sort of a lot of panels, wanting it to be square. Um, and so like, five by seven uh, creates like 10 by 14, which is sort of like uh, the optimal fit with squares, in my opinion, uh, in that, that page. Um, and like with the, I, I don't know about like the, the creating rhythm aspect of it. It's like, I don't know, some of the panels are narrative panels and some of them, some of them aren't. Um, and sort of like, um really like 
just sort of thinking about like it as like a page and more of like how how do eyes move across a page how how does this idea get expressed mm -hmm. um that sort of thing so like part of it was just sort of like pragmatic also like uh, with the size I'm drawing, each square is about two by two inches. Mm -hmm. um, and that's about as small as I can draw. Um, like if it gets smaller than that, it's like yeah, I can actually draw in like a one and a half inch by one and a half inch mm -hmm. uh, space. Um, yeah, so it was part, partly like pragmatic. And then also not, not really thinking of it as in like panel one, panel two, panel three. It's it's all the panels, sure. <laughs> um, you know, um, and and I, I feel like maybe like going with that density though it does like slow people down, uh, like you were saying with like the nine panel mm -hmm. grid it will sort of slow people down. And one of the things I guess I always have gotten frustrated with is how fast people will go through a comic book. Like yeah. like I remember like you know like you know, spending like hours and hours and hours on a page and then watching somebody like read it and just like, it's, it's 30 seconds and just like turn the page and just being like crushed to be like, no, no, you have to go back. And you have to look <laughs> at how hard I worked to make this page and sort of like, I guess sort of one of my ideas now is like, like I'm going to make comics where it's like, no, you don't get to go fast. Like you, you have to stop and look at it um, because I'm spending a lot of time drawing it. Um, and so- I did this for um, you. <laughs> yeah, well, not that it's just that I did it for you, but it's like, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I do it too. Like, you know, especially if it's like a longer, like graphic novel, like I might be looking at the art at the beginning, but towards the end, I'm kind of like going quickly through the art. I'm not really like paying that much attention. And that frustrates me. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like, I, I kind of like, making people be like no I, I think you should i think you should slow down because i think <laughs> i think if you go too fast you're going to miss something um yeah. and i and i think hedra works that way where i think you could read it really quickly and you might not even know it's a story <laughs> like like i could see that happening where it's just like pretty picture pretty wait a minute what just happened um so i like the idea of like you can't really go that fast through it you have to pay pay a little more attention to the art um, so. uh, I, I, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, of, of course I, I was reading it to prepare for this interview, but I mean, it still was very much a sip and savor book for me because, you know, I'm looking for patterns. I'm looking, yeah. you know, at, at where you're, you're choosing to put in the cutouts, uh, and everything. And, and also I'll be perfectly honest. A piece of me was like, I, you know, I, I pictured you at sort of the drafting table, like, uh, numbers just sort of floating all around you, like a beautiful mind style. And you're working with like protractors and, and, and compasses, you know, uh -huh. and, and, and maybe you did this all digital, you know, but, but, you know, just I, in my head, it was very analog. It was like, it was like a sea captain charting a course with like yeah. a sextant. <laughs> in your um, mind palace. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, color, the colors are the only thing that's, that's digital. So like all the, the circles are, I, are compasses and protractors and, and things like that. And uh, doing like the, the shapes, it's all measured out and stuff. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I realize that that's like really like, I don't know. A bit obsessive. Like I was aware that while I was working on it, I was a bit obsessive. But I, I feel like 
like you felt it, you felt that obsession. And, you, and like, I, I feel like, like I, I think about this sort of like when I'm doing like cross hatching, where it's like, you know, you're drawing all these little lines and I'm like, yeah, you really, I really need to care about each line. Not that everybody will look at each line, but they will know that I cared, <laughs> you know? It's sort of like, I, I feel like, like people can read it and be like, oh, he, he really got out his protractor and rulers and really did some serious measuring. And it, I, I, I feel like that's part of the fun of it. It's like, I think this is all done by hand. Like, you know, um, yeah. So yeah, no, no computers. I'm really like um, not very good with computers. <laughs> Basically, it's like, I just, I find it uh, so much easier to do by, by hand. Mm -hmm. um, and I enjoy it, like when I get like, sometimes like in the comic I'm working on now, the, the circle, like the circle started off maybe like at a, at a sort of a normal, maybe five inch circle size mm -hmm. on like one page, but I decided I wanted to continue the curves onto the next page and then onto the, the next spread. So like, so no one's even gonna notice this, but like, you know, like I was taking out like string and stuff to, to come up with the curves. And I don't know. I, I enjoy it. I don't know if anyone else will even notice that like, huh, I think this curve is the curve that started on three pages ago. Probably not. But, uh, we'll, we'll look for it the next time. So. <laughs> Got us. <laughs> now I have to do it from now on. Um, uh, you, you, you mentioned the colors. Uh, you know, this, this book starts out uh, you know, it's a very, it starts out a very pink book that eventually transitions to includes yellows and, and purples and reds, grays, blues, and, and they're all, you know, they're all thematic, right? They all have their purpose. They're all aligned with like a certain planet or, or character. Um, you know, how did you kind of map all that out? Did you kind of you know, did, did you know going in what, you know, colors you wanted wear or was that, you know, did that kind of develop, uh, you know, across uh, in the process of drawing it all out? Uh, it, it, it sort of developed it in, in the process. Um, like, like initially, like it was, I think in sort of my initial colors, it was a lot more just of like dark blue and pink, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and then like, sort of like feeling that like uh, these, these colors need to shift because otherwise it, it, it gives this sameness. Mm -hmm. um, basically I needed to care about the colors, you know, like, uh, like I need to care about the lines. I need to care about the curves. Like the, the coloring also needs to be an active part of the, the process. And mm -hmm. so like, um, I think I started off like the, the alien planet um, was just sort of like pink um, along with sort of like the beginning and I decided to shift it a little bit. Um, and then, you know, once they go underground, that becomes much more gray, purple sort of colors. Mm -hmm. um, the home of the God is all like turquoises and stuff. And it just sort of became a way of sort of signaling changes. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't, wasn't something I planned or scheduled out. When you're when you're flying solo on a, on a book like this, you know, 
who's who's your sounding board? You know, who are you calling in like the middle of the day to sort of bounce ideas off of? Um, my wife uh, is, is very good. Um, she's she can be a little harsh, uh, <laughs> which is which is probably probably for the best. But it it only hurts if I'm like ah right and I'm so angry <laughs> she's right um and so uh, sh- she will read everything but not sort of like while it's in process like I, I feel like my, my my process is very like a very messy process and so it's it like I was saying like I draw these like two by three little like diagrams of what what this 11 by 17 page is going to look like with all mm-hmm. these like 35 squares on it and it's got like a few arrows and circles and stuff and she'd be like I don't know what this is I'd be like well you you can't tell and she's like no you need to draw the page and then I can look at it um I'll tell but uh so she's she's great uh I rely on her a lot um I also have like you know like over time I've just sort of built up friends who I can send stuff uh, and just be like, does this make any sense? Like, does this work? And they can give me like feedback as well. Um, and I don't know, like I feel probably all artists say this, but I'm, I'm a pretty harsh critic of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, and I have no problem drawing like a page again and again and, and again, and then going back to the first page being like, eh, it was okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was... It's, it's a little, yeah, so I had um, my wife um, and I think three, four other people um, that I sort of used as like an editing group. Uh, looking at your website, there was, there was a line I saw on one page that said, uh, you said graphic novels take a long time to complete. And by the end of one, I always feel like I've been trapped drawing the same characters, location, subject matter, and style forever. Uh, given Hedra's a bit shorter than a graphic novel, you know, did this did this feel like a break from that cycle at all, or? or... Uh, yeah, I mean, it didn't it didn't have the, the same sort of like feeling of like drawing the same. Mainly, it's sort of like you're drawing the same people again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I'm kind of sick of drawing this person, um, or I'm sort of sick of this world. Um, and with Hydra, because it was shorter, it didn't really have that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the grid, though, um, was <laughs> was pretty like regimented, um, and so like, and I, I think this is just me, but like I, I feel I felt like I couldn't change the grid. You know, like, like, you know, it's, it's, it's five by seven and no other pattern will work. And so like, it can't be divided in half because it's five by seven. Mm-hmm. Like if it was like four by six, it could be divided into quarters and half. And so that was just not right. an option and sort of like this odd sort of limit of like not being able to cut a page in half with a panel or something um, sort of frustrated me. It is my own rule do you guys like ever look at like like tiles on a floor and try and figure out the pattern and and get really annoyed if there isn't one (laughs) because like this is this is like my regular like like regular thing is i'll be like looking at a 
oh, yeah, a waiting room or something and looking mm-hmm. at a floor and seeing these tiles and like just trying to find the pattern and be getting like angrier if I cannot recognize. And it's like, oh, someone just put these down at random. Um, and so like I, I get very strict with like the rules of like, no, it's this is the grid and I can't switch this grid up just because I'm tired of drawing it. Um, and so that, that might just be me, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now I want to figure out, what, you know, I want to meet the asshole virtuoso who's making vinyl patterns with no pattern at all. <laughs> for, for <laughs> I, th- I feel it's more like ceramic tiles, like, okay. like, uh, like that I'll notice it and I'll be like, I don't think there's a pattern. <laughs> uh, why isn't there a pattern? Uh, so. <laughs> One of the things that, uh, you know, of the many things that I appreciate about the book is, you know, I, I've seen other comics play with a quote unquote post credit scene. This might be the first one <laughs> I've read that actually works. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, that was, that was actually drawn like much later um, as part of like the image. Uh, that wasn't something in the newsprint edition and it, uh, I think it just came about because I was like, um, the, the newsprint edition didn't actually have a cover. Like mm-hmm. page one was, was the front and okay. the last page was, was the back and it was just 48 pages. Um, and going, going with image, it, it needed to be 56 because I wanted to change and tweak it, add a few things. Okay. Um, and I just ended up with like, oh, I need to have a cover. And so I did the cover. And I like the idea of just the back being the same, same image, but then being like, well, what if it's the same image, but it's, it's actually a different story that's happening. Uh, and so um, I, I like just like playing with that idea. It looks, you look at it and you think, oh, it's just the same image as the front. Um, but then if you see the interior and inside back cover, it's like, oh, something else else is happening. It, it leads the door open to Hedra too, if you ever feel like doing that to yourself. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I ever if I ever come around to Hedra too. Um, uh, were were there like significant changes between you know the original newsprint version and you know the the image version? Um, not not huge ones. Uh, I think I I added four pages. Mm-hmm. Um, just there were a few sequences that um, like having sat with like the newsprint edition that I just wasn't really happy with and wanted mm-hmm. to like sort of get right. Um, so I added four pages. Then there are some pages that were just sort of like slight edits on because they always sort of like, I would see them and be bothered by them. And so it's like <laughs> an opportunity to, to tweak them. Um, but it's the, the narrative is the same. There's, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'd have to talk to somebody else who's not as like uh, intuitive whether they can recognize um, where stuff was added and where mm-hmm. what was changed. But you know, it was almost it was almost like a chance at another draft, even if the cha- you know the changes were were you know minor. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. Like I would I would be at like a convention and I'd see somebody flip through it and I just like see see that page and be like, yeah, it doesn't work. Uh, and, and so the opportunity to fix that. 
so looking forward uh, in November, you've got a Planet Paradise uh, graphic novel uh, coming out from, from Image. Uh, I'll read the solicit for that one for the listener. Uh, to survive after a crash landing on an alien planet, a vacationer must battle against a hostile environment, killer lizards, corporate bureaucracy, and the pessimism of her sole companion, the drug-addled captain of the ship. Um, how did NASA let you back into space so soon? It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, well, it was, uh, I, I guess I, I, it was, it was a, when, uh, I was contacted uh, mm-hmm. about doing Hydra, they, they asked if I had anything else. And this, this was the book that I, I had been working on mm-hmm. and they, they said, okay. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a little weird, like with them coming right on top of each other. It's, it's like space, space. Um, but Oh, that space is cool. It's fine. It absolutely <laughs> is. No, nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. Um, you know, what, what are some of your, you know, do you have personal kind of sci-fi uh, touchstones or, or, you know, space films, anything like that? Oh yeah. Like um, uh, Star Wars, you know, being, being the age I am and of course, you know, <laughs> you know, just like uh, definitely like my favorite movie as a kid. Um, I love 2001. Um, it's, it's like one of those movies when, when there was TV, um, and you would just like turn something on and might be in the middle of something. Um, like it would be one of those movies where if it's on, it's like, I'm just going to watch it. Um, Alien, uh, I also is one of those ones that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like, kind of like the, some of the weird sci-fi, like Solaris, like the, mm-hmm. the Russian version. I guess the I guess the U.S. version is fine too, um, but yeah. Uh, so I, I th- those are some of like the the space ones that I like uh, a lot, um, and I feel like two thousand and one. I feel like Hedra feels like this is probably made by somebody who likes two thousand and one. Sure. Uh, yeah, there there's a vibe there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Given that Planet Paradise has uh, dialogue, uh, right? <laughs> are you are you lettering this one yourself? <laughs> I did. Yeah, it's it's all it's all hand lettered by me, um, and yeah, it's it's got dialogue. It's it's still probably got less dialogue than, than most comics, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's much more character driven um, mm-hmm. than than Hydra. Hydra. He does more about the story and like the, the, the form of it, like as a, as a whole, well, this, there's definitely much more like character interactions and issues between characters um, mm-hmm. that are sort of affect the dynamics of the plot. Um, and it's also much more of like a sort of a smaller story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like, like Hedra definitely sort of like insists on itself. You know, it's like I'm, I'm bigger than the other comics. Like I'm wordless. <laughs> like you need to pay attention to me. Um, and Planet Paradise is like, I look a, looks a little bit more like the other comics. It's not, not so big. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, it's, it's more comfortable at parties. It's <laughs> probably probably like yeah. So so I was looking at your website and. Mm-hmm. There's a few pieces of art on there uh, with 
pandas in you know different situations a panda in a jetpack a little panda <laughs> barbarian are, yeah. are we going to see a, a series of panda heroes in the future or is this like the secret life of walter mitty with a panda who keeps dreaming he's all these other pandas um to the maybe I, i've i sort of like there's like this so in, in my my head there's like there's like comics and then there's sort of like single image drawings sure. and like I, the, the way they work i feel is like kind of different um and I feel I'm better at comics than I am at single drawings. Um, but like, I feel like I've started to like explore these ideas of like, um, kind of like with a, with a single drawing, I feel like you can suggest like a world. Um, and like that, that oftentimes can be the most compelling part about it. And so like, you know, like a panda with a jetpack, while like a bunch of other pandas are watching him take off. Like I haven't written a story, but but it feels like there's a story there that like I don't know pandas are doing secret things, or 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 one of the pandas is just sick of the other pandas, and it's like I can't take it anymore. Um, but I like that that's sort of like it's it's like the inverse of a book, where a book you get to imagine the pictures with like a single image, uh, you get to imagine the, the story, uh, and so that's sort of like with a lot of like sort of the standalone drawings I've been doing is sort of working with that idea of like what what suggests the story um, not necessarily that I've written the story um, and so I like playing with that idea I like the idea of trying to do a comic like that where it's like a sequence of images that are like very hard to hold on to but suggest a lot um, my feeling is it will never work um, but I like playing around with the idea of it so uh there might be some some panda panda type thing in the future um you know uh i like talking animals they're fun indeed uh you also had this amazing spread i think you posted on your twitter very recently it's like it, it took up like four photos it was it was like every pop culture oh, character yeah, yeah, yeah. ever more or less uh i think it's actually called everyone or everybody or something like that yeah. um how long did that take to draw? Uh, I, like months in a way, you know, it, okay. it's something like where, where it wasn't like I just sat down and did it. It was like, I, I had this piece of paper and I started drawing, like I drew Boba Fett in the corner and that was, that was that day. Uh, <laughs> and then like a couple of days later I came back and I drew James Bond next to Boba Fett. Um, and then, uh, to do something else and then like so it's like this sort of slow slow building thing um but I, I for me it really like i feel like it just fits my personality of just like who next um uh, like just like sort of like this very tiny drawing and just like adding whatever whatever comes to mind although as it got as it went on i needed to make a list um because I wouldn't remember who I had drawn, um, <laughs> you know, and I'd be like, like, did I draw Mystique? And then like having to like look through like 200 characters, be like, <laughs> is Mystique there? And like, maybe I'd miss her and draw her twice or something. Um, so yeah, it was just like this sort of like chipping away. Um, I, I find like, I don't know, it, it, it's something going on in my mind where it's <laughs> like, 
all of these little like characters that we that we all know like we all know snake eyes and we all know like the incredible hulk and maybe we all know brave star you guys remember brave star from the 1980s yes Um, it's like a cyborg cowboy western like a cyborg cowboy on a horse and like with yeah his sidekick was a bipedal cyborg horse yeah yeah so like like you know and i feel like i really just like enjoy like sort of cataloging all that stuff and mm-hmm. like, sort of putting it down on paper somewhere um, so i'm always tempted to do i drew that a while ago and i'm always tempted to do it again uh, but i'm i'm scared to start because uh, i don't know if it would ever end um, <laughs> I, I like the idea that at some point you might have accidentally drawn Alf three times on that. On that, <laughs> by the way, I'm not saying it happened. I'm saying the idea that it could have happened comforts me. <laughs> yeah, the, it, it definitely could have happened. Um, and then sometimes I feel like when I start getting into it and like I start getting obsessive, it's like, well, Storm, but there's and there's only one Storm, but there's different costumes of Storm, and so there's like. <laughs> You know, there's like the Jim Lee version, which is the version that like I like imprinted on. But then sure. there's more recent versions, and then there's like the classic '70s version. And mm-hmm. like somehow they they should all be included. Like, should they be hanging out? How could they be hanging out? They're the same person. Uh, so like I don't know. This is just me being like weird with the things I think about. Uh-huh. You're in the right place, man. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Listen, that's a tough decision. Like going between yeah. again the '90s costume, talking about being of the same generation, and yeah. you know the mohawk look from the '80s. Yeah, no, believe me, I get it. Um, I do think having Mystique in there solves a, a few of those problems. But <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. uh, uh, I, I have to imagine that's like a good print to try and sell at uh, cons as merch. <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 sells it sells pretty well. Um, Cons, it's a little weird. Cons are always weird, um, yeah. I find. Well, um, were. <laughs> were. Yeah, they, they were. Uh, but it's like, yeah, like what, because when you're at a con and you're sitting at your table, it's like, what image can be read? Because I feel like people walk around cons and their their real attitude is, I don't want to stop. Like, mm. right, like, like sharks, you, yeah. you're, like, you're like, I don't want to stop unless I'm really interested in this. And so, like, it's like, I need to be able to look from a distance. Uh, and I think Hedra works great because it's like, from a distance, people can be like, I think, I think I'm interested in that. Uh, while that drawing, it's like so dense that from a distance, it's just like, that just looks like colors. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Well, full disclosure, I did buy it on a travel mug, so. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, what, are you what are you reading right now? Um, let's see, what am I reading right now? Uh, I got a, a collection of uh, Marvel firsts of the 70s that mm. I've been reading through. Um, and so that's that's sort of what I've been reading um, with, like, in terms of comics. Um, the, with books, I've been reading some Octavia Butler uh, recently. Um, I don't know. I feel like as I've gotten older and as I've gotten busier, I I I, I don't like the way I read anymore. Um, like when I was younger, I felt like I had you know all the time in the world, mm-hmm. and so like I could just like. I don't know, 
three o'clock to five o'clock, I can just be reading for you know two hours. And now I'm now it's like uh, ten minutes before I go to bed, and I'll be falling asleep in the last yep. paragraph again and again and again. And so I don't feel like I'm giving it the full attention it deserves. But yeah, that's what I've been reading recently. Um, I think other stuff. Oh, I just read um, Isola. Um, mm-hmm. This is an image book by Brendan Fletcher, Carl yeah. Kershaw, I mm-hmm. think, um, which I really liked. Looks great. Um, good story. Um, the, um, I'm very much like that with video games now, where it's like, oh, yeah, I definitely used to carve in, you know, <laughs> make mm-hmm. that happen. And now it's like maybe I will fall asleep with the switch on my face, like in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it just used to be like, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't think people realize how much time they have when they're like 22. And yeah. It's like, like you wake up on Saturday and you, you don't know what you're going to do. And now it's like, man, <laughs> the last day I woke up and didn't know what I was like, at least five things I had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've solved the, the, pre-bed falling asleep while reading thing problem by keeping one of these phone book size collections of classic Archie stories that are all five or six pages long. Okay. So it just sits on my nightstand and every night when I'm starting to like, okay, a, it, it's great because it completely turns your mind off from anything (laughs) that's stressful because it's just Archie and his gang doing ridiculous things that teens in the 50s 60s and 70s did and the the worst if i fall asleep midway through a story i can start it the next day and all i've lost is three pages right, and yeah. one joke about hamburgers yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's something to be said for like those, those short stories um like uh i really like the i don't know if it's still going does dark horse still do dark horse presents um I, I forget those, those stories were eight pages and I was yeah. really like it was like this nice sampler uh, where you could sort of get a complete thing um, or five complete things in one book mm-hmm. yeah uh, the, last, the, the last thing I read that I think was like that was uh, I just picked up uh, Detective 1027 it was another one of those like okay. you know 100 page giant anthology ones so okay. uh, eight page stories um, that's cool yeah that I and, uh, sorry, the Batman, the Batman, black and white. Those, those are sort of good in the yeah. same sort of way, where it's like the eight pages, yeah. um, and you know, different style, different story, and done. Yeah, new, new volume of that coming out in December. I cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are those are those are great. Um, I wish they were just all all the time. Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, as we're as we're winding down, uh, Jesse, you know, how can people uh, follow what you're doing uh, online? Uh, you know, social media, Patreon, you know, what, what, whatever you got. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a, a Patreon. Um, it's under my name, Jesse Lonergan, uh, and basically on there, I post sort of this comic I'm working on, Prime. Um, every every Monday or so, new pages go up um, on that. And occasionally, like sketchbooks and videos and stuff like that. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm just Jesse Lonergan on Instagram. <laughs> uh, 
Every, everything is my name. I didn't, didn't mm-hmm. come up with anything clever. Uh, so it's some variation on my name. I think Instagram is Jesse Lonergan. Twitter is Jesse Lonergens with an S on the end because some other Jesse Lonergan beat me to it. <laughs> um, uh, and, that's, and then there's also my website, which has like links to everything, which is just mm-hmm. jessielonergan.com. Um, I feel some people have those good avatars or like there's names that they use for everything, um, mm-hmm. but it's just my name. <laughs> <laughs> Except for it's, where it's your name with an S on the end. <laughs> yeah, my name with an S. But I feel like even if you type in just Jesse Lonergan, it'll probably yeah. come up. If you type in Jesse Lonergan comics, it'll work out. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and talking Hedra and Planet Paradise and, and everything else. No, thank you for having me. That's it for this week's show. As a reminder, WMQ&A and WMQ Comics are now part of the Xavier Files media empire, meaning you can find all our great comics coverage, along with some of the best X-Men and Marvel criticism around, at XavierFiles.com. You can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at XavierFiles.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A at patreon.com slash WMQcomics, where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, shoutouts on the podcast, and a customized bonus reading column written by Matt Lazowitz built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice, and a $2 donation gets you a free random comic in the mail from my collection. Big thanks to our patrons, Charlie Davis from the Young Ones and Match Club Podcasts, Robert Secundus from Docs Talks at XavierFiles.com, Carla Pacheco from Marvel's Spider-Woman series, and Lan M from Lan's Vids. You can follow WMQ Comics and Xavier Files on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote and Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013. And until next week, in the immortal words of Abraham Lincoln, be excellent to each other. WMQA.